let's talk about stress. <laughs> well, you know about that, Maddie. <laughs> I know very well. <laughs> you can talk about stress. <laughs> Maybe you need to know more from the right people. <laughs> <laughs> this is something Maddie and I—I've been, you know, definitely making. Uh, poking fun at Medi for his gray hairs, and every time I see him looking stressed, I'm like, oh, I see more gray hairs. <laughs> and Shen, it's not only you. I get this from a lot of people, or maybe I'm just wiser. <gasps> sure, keep thinking that, Medi. Well, the latter is quite contentious. What is not known is that for the first time, I think a scientific link has been established between stress and gray hair. And everyone has their own stories on how stress induces gray hair. Like the other day when I saw a gray hair in my head, I immediately really blamed the stress from med school. I think it was my second year med uh, med school, and I was studying for the step one exam. I think that's the most um, stressful year that I've ever experienced. And I'm pretty sure before the you know intense study period, my entire head was black hair, and and afterwards there were. Quite a few on the left side, specifically. Dr. Ya Tiesu from the Harvard Stem Cell Institute was curious if the stories like the one I just described had any scientific basis to them. Ever since I started studying the stem cells in the skin,、um, everybody had a story to share with me what happened to their skin and hair when they're stressed. So you know, at some point,、um, I was like, "Well, you know, actually, that's very interesting."、Um, But we actually know very little about that. First of all, I wanted to know if that's true, and secondly, you know what could be the underlying reasons behind that. So I thought, well, I finally have a lab. <laughs> I can do anything I want, and this is really a really interesting question that we know very little about. And her research team very nicely pursued that question, found that stress activates a type of nervous system. That causes the depletions of the reservoir of hair pigment-producing cells, which leads to hair grain. And the link to their paper, which is published in Nature, it's available in our website sciencerehash.com in the in the sections of Rehashing Science series, where we included the the, the episode twenty-three about、uh, this paper. And this work is really a breakthrough in a way. Where they zoomed in、um, from the whole body stress response down to the intracellular molecular dynamics, but that of course was not the only thing that interested Dr. Sue. So beyond developing anti-graying therapies, she is very interested in knowing if the study could be extended to the stress effects on other organs or other processes like aging. And whether it can act via similar mechanisms for hair graying. So today on Science Rehash, we'll be talking about stress-induced hair graying and a lot of poking fun at Medi's gray hair. 最前沿的科学研究 ，Science. Welcome back to another episode of the Rehashing Science series on Science Rehashed. My name is Shen Ning, and I'm Mehdi Jurfi, and we are the co-hosts of Science Rehashed. So, before diving deeply into the mechanisms behind hair graying, I wanted to know a little bit more about how hair get their color in the first place. So, it's an interesting biology. 
In a nutshell, hair cycles in a three phases. A, anagen or the growth phase, B, catagen or the degeneration of hair follicle, and C, telogen or the resting phase of hair follicle. At the base of the hair follicle, we have the reservoir of cells called stem cells, which they can self-renew as well as they can divide and differentiate into different cells, including the pigment producing cells called melanocytes. So in the hair follicle, uh, in the base of the hair follicle, there are actually two types of stem cells. Um, we have the hair follicle stem cells, which are epithelial cells. They are important in regenerating the hair follicle and the hair. So the hair follicle is a structure that hosts the hair. But in order for the hair to have its pigment, you need a different type of stem cell, which is the melanocyte stem cells. They have very different biology compared to the hair follicle stem cells that I just told you, but they reside in um, similar regions. Um, and melanocyte stem cells are important in regenerating the pigment that color the hair. So in order to regenerate the hair, you just need hair follicle stem cells. But in order for the hair to have its color, you need the melanocyte stem cells to regenerate the pigment and color it. And at each growth phase of a new hair, the melanocyte stem cells regenerate the hair pigments. And Dr. Sue says that each hair follicle is innervated or wrapped around like a ribbon by the sympathetic nervous system, which gets hyperactivated in stressful events. Let's hear more from Dr. Sue. The sympathetic nervous system um, is the one that triggers actually um, so-called fight or flight responses under stress. Um, it is active constantly, actually at the basal level, which is also very important. So it's not only active in stress, but it becomes actually really highly activated under stress. So you may heard about this fight or flight response that, you know, when you're stressed, like when animals are stressed, they have very uh, transient, but very like um, um, sort of um, immediate response to any stressors that they see. It's, uh, it's a very effective nervous system. It does actually a lot of really amazing things. You know, like the, the more I study stress, the more I got fascinated about this particular nervous system. It's, uh, it's, it's a part of our autonomic nervous system. So that means, you know, we don't think about it, right? Like it's not a decision that we make. Our body actually made a decision for us through the sympathetic nervous system. Uh, it innovates essentially all the organs that we have. You know, it controls heartbeat and pupil dilation. So you're when you're nervous, like you, you can sense your heartbeat increase. Stress um, triggers so-called the uh, um, so hypothalamus, pituitary gland, and adrenal gland. So this is like an HPA axis. These are three endocrine glands that we have in the body. But uh, uh, eventually it triggers adrenal gland to secrete something that we, we a lot of us have heard about, which is cortisol. So cortisol is known as a stress hormone. You know, it's something that tends to be elevated under stress. Um, so that's definitely one axis of the stress response that, um, you know, like people think a lot about at the physiological level. Um, the second possibility is that um, stress, um, you know, through, through potentially various um, changes actually change our um, immune system. So um, that, um, you know, actually hair graying, for example, um, at least stress-induced hair graying at some point was 
speculated to be some sort of immune attack because people think that maybe under stress, your immune system do weird things um, that start attacking the stem cells that you know are producing the pigment. At least there were quite a lot of theories about that. Um, and the third system, which turned out to be the one that involved in the phenotype that we saw, um, is the sympathetic nervous system. Um, and the sympathetic nervous system also actually innovated the skin. So that um, was a system that uh, we, we, um, we focused on at the end. What we found was that actually the sympathetic nervous system actually innovates um, the, the hair follicle region where the melanocyte stem cells reside. So they are in a region that's actually very close to the melanocyte stem cells. And actually under stress, um, the sympathetic nerve become highly activated to secrete a neurotransmitter, norepinephrine, um, which um, binds to actually the adrenergic receptors on the melanocyte stem cells. So it's a direct interaction between the nervous system and the melanocyte stem cells. And um, the, the activation of this adrenergic signaling pathway in melanocyte stem cells eventually drive their depletion. So here enters a very key molecule responding to stress called norepinephrine, which is secreted by the sympathetic nervous system. It is actually not cortisol or the immune attack uh, that's causing stress-related hair grain. I was really surprised when both of this turned out to be wrong. You know, like, you know, like I, I bet a lot on the cortisol because I was like, you know, like we study this HPA access. Everybody was telling me about this HPA access and cortisol being bad for you. Like, um, it's better to be true. The case. It doesn't matter in this case. It doesn't mean it's good for you. It's just, yeah. it's not a hormone that's responsible for this response. Yeah. So the bones are quite a surprise to us, okay. actually. Simple as it may sound, the scientists did very detailed experiment in an acute stress model of mouse. They induced stress by injecting analogous of capsaicin that caused irritation and observed hair grain even in the absence of immune cells or adrenal glands that produce cortisol. They went further and they even found similar responses to norepinephrine in the lab-grown human melanocyte stem cells. So Dr. Sue, so when you say norepinephrine from the sympathetic nervous system leads to a depletion of the melanocyte stem cells, do you mean that they decrease in number or do they lose their function or is it both? Yeah, so that's actually a very good question. I think that was also um, another surprise to us. So um, as I said, like, it, it took us a long time to to really figure out that sympathetic nerve is involved, um, which was the last system that we thought about because most of the time we think about it as beneficial um, or at least transient, right? Like fight or flight responses like transient. Um, but the second surprise is exactly what you mentioned here, like the molecular mechanism. Uh, it was surprising because initially we thought that, okay, you know, stem cells disappear in no time. They must die, right? Like, it's like maybe they burst out or something, like too much stress. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we, we look, actually really, being um, the postdoc who carry out this work, actually he looked very carefully 
at like you know different time point after stress. Uh, and we look in detail, excruciating detail, trying to find a specific time point that we can see cells die. Uh, and he noticed that actually, you know, in a lot of these hair follicles that you eventually see white hair, within five days, all the stem cells are gone. But within five days, like, you know, when he could see like the stem cells are still in the hair follicle, um, he doesn't, he didn't see any cell death. You know, the, 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 Melanocyte stem cells are not depleted by cell death. We even like use genetics, um, you know, like we use mod- mouse models that will block um, apoptosis, would block necrosis, like different mechanisms of cell death. And they don't care, you know, they still have gray hair. So, so actually um, cell death is not the mechanism. Um, but Bing did notice one thing. Um, so he noticed that actually the stem cells become proliferated first, um, you know, right after actually the stress stimuli, which was really interesting. It was sort of counterintuitive. Um, that was why we didn't think about this mechanism, right? So actually on the first day, right after stress, you actually transiently have more number of stem cells. Um, so they proliferate. Um, it seems like they're actually trying to do something, you know, they proliferate. Um, but what's very interesting is that um, not only do they, they proliferate, they also start turning on differentiation program. So they, um, so stem cells um, normally do not synthesize pigment. Um, they generate differentiated melanocytes that make pigment to color the hair. But he, um, through sequencing analysis, being found that actually uh, the stem cells start to turning on differentiation program that stems normally will find in differentiated melanocytes. And not only that, um, you know, after a day or two, these stem cells actually start to migrate. They start to migrate out from the, um, you know, their original place and, you know, go to everywhere in the skin. And, you know, like, so, so eventually they got depleted from their native niche and go to all the other places. Um, but they are not depleted through cell death. They are depleted through trends and proliferation um, and differentiation and migration. And we know proliferation is actually really important because if you block proliferation, um, so if you stress the mice and block proliferation, the mice actually do not get right here. So it's actually one important response that leads to the future sort of differentiation and potentially migration effect. So that's, that's something that we thought was really interesting. And to me, what is also surprising is that generally sympathetic nervous systems responses to stress like flight and fight are transient and reversible. However, in this case, it leads to a permanent reprogramming of the stem cells that cause them to leave their niche and differentiate into melanocytes without replenishing themselves. So that means in the next antigen cycle, there won't be any melanocyte stem cells to color new hair, which also means that the damage is permanent, right? In their mice study, the acute stress depleted the entire population of melanocyte stem cells in just five days. So it's kind of scary. Although, Shen, in humans, it is a gradual process, which is accelerated by stress, but also depends on age, genetics, diet, environmental factors, and diseased states you have a defined number of melanocyte stem cells per hair follicle. 
in mines, it's about 10 mololocytes themselves, um, 10 to 15 per se. Um, the, the, the exact number doesn't really matter, but the point to say is that you have a very defined number of stem cells. And a gray hair occurs um, when you lost all of the stem cell supply. So that means if you have five stem cells left, you are still able to generate a pigment up here. Uh, which means actually when uh, the process probably started a long time ago, but in order for you to observe this gray hair happen, you have to lose all the stem cells. In humans, it could be years. I'm just thinking about um, how the hair cycles and how, you know, like you, you can imagine um, maybe this is a gradual process, like you will lose the stem cells like, one by one over time and eventually reach the point of no return that you just do not have any stem cells anymore in a compartment. So, so um, it is, and stress can potentially accelerate the process. And when you say, you know, stem cell, you mean the melanocyte stem cells, correct? Correct. So I know that stress response can be beneficial for us, but at what point does stress, or in this case, norepinephrine, start to show undesirable effects like depletion of the stem cells pool. Is there a threshold to keep in mind? We at least know that um, the norepinephrine need to be high enough to trigger this response. And we know that, you know, like the basal level sympathetic nervous system never does any harm to the stem cells. And even when it's activated to some degree, um, you know, we, we have different experiments that study um, the activation of the sympathetic nervous system um, in different situations, those also don't trigger hair grain. So um, I think the stem cells are robust enough to a degree that they are not so, um, it's not that they give up easily. You know, like it's probably a really, um, um, it, it, it's a very sort of unusual response that we see in this particular case, which turned out to be a very powerful model uh, to dissect the mechanism of stress on stem cells and tissues um, in an accelerated way. Um, but it doesn't mean that the stem cells are normally so sensitive that they can't take any stressors at all. Hmm, interesting. So just to put it in a big picture and to make sure I understand it correctly, uh, stress hyperactivates the sympathetic nervous system, which releases norepinephrine, which then in turn depletes the surrounding melanocyte stem cells in the skin, and that leads to hair grain. Is there any hope for Medi? I mean, I mean, what I meant was, <laughs> my question um, is, is there any way to prevent this, um, the depletion of the stem cells? And, you know, like, would some kind of behavioral therapy or, you know, yoga or meditation, can, can that already help? So I think if there is a way to dampen the level of norepinephrine, I definitely think there, there is... Um, you know, as, as I said, like norepinephrine level has to be really high for um, a reaction like this to occur. So I think as long as the level can be capped um, at um, its, as long as it's not this high, you yeah. are not running into the risk of um, losing the stem cells. 
um, that that will be a way to start. We are definitely thinking about interventions that we could do uh, mm-hmm. to potentially block this process. In the paper, we 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 definitely um, you know like as approval principle, we um, look at. Um, essentially cell cycle blockers, ICDK inhibitors. Um, I, I think it's much more for to prove that the proliferation is really important. Um, I would not think of that as um, really a safe and valuable um, strategy. Um, but I, I think that that definitely gets us thinking about, you know, if we can control the proliferation of the stem cells, or, you know, it can be transient, like if it's dampening the signaling pathway that's involved in this process in a very transient way um, under acute stress, that could probably be something that's very efficient. So I'm trying hard to put our discussion in the context of evolution. Why did we evolve to have sympathetic nervous system innervations to stem cells at all? if some of its effects are harmful to us. One thing that we found, which was really interesting, is that, you know, cold is another stimuli for sympathetic nerve activity. So in cold, you know that we have goosebumps. That's actually the action of sympathetic nervous system as well. And, you know, like if you think about goosebumps, that's something, um, that's what the sympathetic nervous system is there for. In code, you would never activate the sympathetic nervous system to the degree that you see in stress. What this connection does is that actually it's quite useful here. It's, um, it's a positive response. So potentially you could trigger hair follicle stem cells to regenerate new hair follicle in code, essentially coupling um, tissue regeneration with changes in the environment. So, so we think that's at least one important function of why sympathetic nervous system actually need to innovate a hair follicle at all. Um, you know, melanocytic cells are just happening to be in the same environment. Um, it's not as sensitive as hair follicles themselves, but it can respond to the nervous system when um, the stress levels are really, really high. So it sounds like the same system that causes melanocyte stem cell depletion in, re- in response to stress can also promote tissue regeneration by acting on hair follicle stem cells in response to cold. So this connection actually might have evolved in order to communicate the environmental cues like cold or UV light or stress to the stem cell pools. So is it clear whether stress-related grain uh, come about by providing an evolutionary advantage to, to, uh, to, to human ancestors. Because we know that, for example, the gray hair is most often linked to age. It could be also associated with experience, leadership, and trust. Per, it could be perhaps an animal that has like endured enough stress to earn gray hair has a higher place in the in our or in the in the social order. So I think that's a fantastic um, hypothesis. Yeah, I, I'm I'm more of thinking about it from kind of the evolution point of view. This perhaps the evolution of the uh, sympathetic innervation to the skin, the hair follicles, is perhaps much earlier than the evolution of our social 
system and, and hierarchy and order, right? So I would say probably the other way around that the, the evolution came about because we have this physiological system set in place already and therefore we have the social order and the, you know, you know, evolved social evolution of considering people with gray hair to be more experienced. And as we age over time, so perhaps before in the early, you know, stages of um, human evolution, you don't live for so long. Perhaps you don't even have any gray hair by the time you have you, you you're eaten by a lion or something like that, <laughs> or starved to death. Um, but nowadays, perhaps it's it's definitely a sign of wisdom, experience, uh, because we live for longer. And I would kind of argue the other way around, rather than, you know, we evolved gray hairs for the the actual social hierarchy. Possible. Thank you, Dr. Su, for this amazing discussion. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Science Rehashed. Thank you to Dr. Rudy Tenzi for providing us with the music for our intro. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also visit our website at sciencerehashed.com. We would also like to thank all the members of Science Rehashed who contributed their time in making Science Rehashed possible, including our writers and producers, Madura Lolikar, Kira Brenner, Shuang Zeng, and Chiara Maffei. We would also like to thank our marketing director, Carla Diavanzo, our business development director, Dichi Lo, our sound editors, Sophia Nastri, Tavi Pollard, and Jared Warsaw, our assistant, Rebecca Solson, and our creative director, Emma Brand. <laughs>